Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Yeah, welcome in to another arousing rendition of the ones that are left of uh, this iteration of a show called Libservative Intellectual Idiots Fostering Political and Cultural Literacy. Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. I feel like I made it sound like like we're just ending. We're we're quitting the show. We're not quitting the show. We're not quitting the show. <laughs> we just making some changes around here, like, like getting rid of Bell. Like I never quit. Like getting rid of Bell and bringing in a a monkey to take his place. That should be a fun show, and apparently a bird as well. <laughs> There's gonna be a bird evolution. <laughs> you know. Reverse evolution. No, wait. He just dissed himself. Never mind. He's right. He no, right the- you said he said you're gonna replace Bell with a monkey. You were supposed <laughs> to get that right off rip. I didn't. It's the end of the year. I'm a little hazy. Who's evolving? The monkeys or the monk or the birds? I don't know. Yeah. I think, what is it? The, I think the chimpanzees right now are in uh some of them are reaching Stone Age. Or is it orangutans mm. or something? But birds can talk. So, like, I think birds, when it comes to the communicate, well, I don't know if birds can understand what people are. Hey, give about. it, give it another couple of weeks. Those chimps will be able to run for Congress. We'll be all set. Everything will no, be we'll all probably fixed. be better off. <laughs> might be, might, might be the, our, our predictions for 2024. We have a, an end of the year show uh, for everyone uh, on this uh, Wednesday, December 27th, our final show of the year. Uh, we got to go over our predictions from last year, whether or not they came to fruition. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the more overcovered and undercovered stories of 2023, and we're gonna give you, give you some predictions for uh, for 2024. And overall, just just have a good time. I'm gonna steadily get drunker as the show goes on. Just have. Ooh, I already got the hiccups. Yeah, have everyone here who's been chronologically following my little life story of my parents showing up. A few weeks back, and then tonight's the last night they'll be here. It's a little bittersweet. In the Speaking least of evolution, yeah, in the least sexual way I could say it, hate to see him go, but love to watch him leave. Yeah, just keep keep your eyes up. <laughs> okay, mom. You're gonna be really weird. You're really weird. You should, hey, you, you should, you should like. You should blast some Creedence Clearwater Revival as they like walk down the driveway. Hey, Dad, guess what? Yeah. The Absurd Podcast is found on all social media. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> this is a great start. The Absurd <laughs> Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is absurdofshow.com. We can be found at Absurdive on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Pod. Our TikTok leaders can be found at the Podcast. Reach out directly at absurdapod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. 
Dan, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna go take two seconds to go grab some nicotine gum. And you just make sure that dead space doesn't get any longer than what is it? Two seconds. I'm just gonna just, just gonna play the Benny Hill thing. The I'm, okay with it. I'm all right with it. I'll be right back. <laughs> I don't want to keep well, getting the pen and coughing. I hear all you. Right? I hear you. I hear you too well, much. I'm making a problem. thing of it. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> so does everyone else. All the the listeners are paying tapped out to listen to this. Oh, I guess, I guess we can start with what we learned this week. Um, I'll start. And then, you know, if Corey's not back on time, Bell, you can go. I learned that uh, for the first time in maybe, I don't know, five or six, it's, well, maybe maybe longer. I don't know. The time frame doesn't, doesn't quite sit right in my head. But I have learned that the Facebook friend request means something again. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know Corey would know what I'm talking about when he finally makes his way back to his computer because there was that time where you would literally just like meet somebody at a party or like somebody that you know you're never going to see again. And you would leave that place and you would receive a Facebook friend request from that person. Now, nobody sets up Facebook friend requests anymore after they meet somebody for the first time. So I feel like now when you get one, or you send one, it actually means something for the first time, maybe in the history of Facebook. That's what I learned. The rise and fall of Facebook invites. Facebook invite, like Facebook invites to like events. No, just like friend requests. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like it actually means something again. Well, I just I only heard the very end of it, so. It means something again because you would you would go somewhere and you would get or receive friend requests from every single person that you met at this party of people you would never ever talk to again, and everybody would accept them all the time. That doesn't happen anymore. So now when you get one or you send one, it actually is it, it's actually meaningful. They mean something again. It's either a bot or it's someone like oh, but also at the same time, Facebook is slowly dying. I don't think it is. You don't think Facebook's dying? Well, the boomers are keeping it alive. So that's number one. But also... Okay, the so more- then through like <laughs> a weird relationship, yes, Facebook is dying. No, and then all like millennials are keeping it alive too because like 90% of the reason we even started it in the first place was just to like l- just have uh, a connection to people that you would have no other way to have a connection with after you left whatever situation whether it be college or school or summer camp bar night bar night yeah that kind of you know uh, talking people i always use facebook as a way so way back in the day before i met my wife i always use facebook as a means of a way to connect with chicks because it was it seemed way less like i don't want to use the word hmm It seemed way less intrusive to ask a homegirl for her Facebook than it was her number. Like, hey, you on Facebook? Because everyone's like, yeah, I'd love more people to see the photos of me that I post all the time. You're you're going into the way back machine now, Corey. Well, it's not MySpace. Oh, wow. None of the young crowd uses Facebook anymore anyways. No, they're on Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram and all the new stuff anyways. It'll make a comeback. At some point, it's at some point it's going to make a comeback. Yeah, I'm still hoping MySpace makes a comeback because 2024 prediction. Yeah, that was yeah, for the topic. Here's what you have to understand, though. MySpace was a terrible business model. 
It was always a terrible business model. It had some neat, it had some neat tools and it's some neat stuff. Um, like the fact that you could like completely essentially without knowing how to code, customize your entire page. Uh, like it had some like neat things, but it was just, it was always a shitty business model. Facebook will come back around again when all of the, first of all, when the boomers are dead. So like when the six metaverse, years now, when the metaverse goes, in it'll come back time. around. It'll come back around when all the boomers are dead and all of like Gen Z's p- parents are like, have moved on to like the next thing that they think is cool. It, it always, these things always come back around. It'll come back around. Well, my, my did. I, because it was a bad business model. It died. Facebook's actually a good business model. Fucking talk down on Tom like that. Who's your first friend on Facebook or on MySpace? We actually, uh, we actually have actual audio from Tom to me, which I don't understand how we got this, but it's pretty fantastic to live in the world that we live in. Tell us how you feel, Tom. Fuck yourself. Yeah. See, it's yeah. He's, he, was, he's, he was a dick and he's a dick today. He was always a dick. I didn't want to be his friend and he made me be his what? friend. You know what Tom said to me? Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. He said, don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. You're still buddies. You're still buddies with him. Yeah. You know, he's still number one in my top eight. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're quickly uh, working your way down to the bottom number eight or off Dude. the top eight. The way you're talking trash about Tommy's... Uh, that was such yeah, a weird thing fun. in high school. Like that was like, cause you and I were in high school in the early to mid two thousands. Right. So like, that was like the biggest slight you could give somebody when they pissed you off is like, take them out of your top, whatever on my spin, like move them down a little bit. Yeah. Or like, or like, or like people that were dating would get really fucking pissed off. If like, you like, if your girlfriend like didn't have you as like her number one or like her, <laughs> it's just so stupid and petty. I, you're right. I actually kind of missed it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was a blast. Me and Andy, it was so funny. Like, you know, our photographer, because we were friends for so long, we would always, and it was like this weird little hype thing in school because he was always a photographer. So we would always like think of some crazy fucking wonky photo to make our photo, like our profile picture for the week. And me and Andy would go out and take some silly photo where they were like similar, but a little bit different. And then that was our profile pick for the week and everyone's like oh what's your guys's profile pick gonna be this week <laughs> like, i don't know you're gonna have to wait and see i think back on it it was like the like the most it was the dumbest nerdiest coolest fucking thing <laughs> it was and then i had html coding where i could have like a top 16 or a top 20 right yeah we, i mean did. other people did trust me i mean eventually <laughs> <laughs> once the code got leaked but it was a terrible business model which is why it ultimately died there was no there was no room for growth no room for advertising it wasn't very good in that way which is probably what made it more fun back in the day yeah, it was more organic just, you really wanted to piss somebody off just take them out of your top six or eight or oh, 16 yeah, it was always fun being 15 year old oh, yeah. some hot girl who also looks 15 edgy and it's like oh could this be a 15 year old girl from california or is this a grown man in minnesota I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> you you can usually tell by the accent. <laughs> Not when it's in text. Yeah, you missed a joke. <clears throat> I our inability, calling. our inability to grasp each other's dumb jokes is boggles my mind. Well, today's never. 
we're bo- we're both horribly guilty of it. Uh, anyway, Corey, what did you learn in school this week? Oh man, your final of 2023. This is this is your final exam. Okay, so this week and you failed. Nope. This week I learned that gift cards are a scam, as 45 billion of the 171 billion dollars a year typically go unspent, and that cash is easier and cheaper. Dude, that is such a great point before you get to your hot take about this, because like I actually I had a similar thought not that long ago where it doesn't because doesn't like a certain percentage of the sale go to like whatever credit card company puts it on or like I don't know how that works, but like, you know, somebody's just essentially making money on transferring cash. Well, you're spending like, like that's all- four bucks on the card alone. Well, you you have to pay an activation fee, and you have to pay fees right. up front when you buy the card. That's where they're making their money. They don't give a shit if you spend your money or not. Well, they're not just making their money on that. They're also making their money on the fact that like you're giving this company money up front in hopes that someone is going to turn around and spend it. But a lot of times, people don't, and it gets nickel and dimed out to where it's like there's three dollars here, two dollars here on a card, or someone gets a card for a hundred dollars. They go and they spend it on a ninety dollar item, right? And then the card just sits there. So yeah, if you think about it, it and they just, all have expiration dates. So the there's better gift that buy them, right? Yeah, and there's also a lot of scam artists that use them to steal your money. That's mm-hmm. always a fun one. I need you. I need money. Send me five hundred thousand dollars in gift cards. It's a terrible business model yeah. and all together because this is also no it's a brilliant it's a brilliant business model it's just what you just said it's an absolute scam because it's literally just transferring cash well it's kind of on both ends because uh in 2009 i think it was these companies like it becomes a liability right as soon as that 50 dollars is given to them they can't just spend it willy-nilly because they might have to give out they might have to give out fifty dollars in merchandise. They might only have to give out forty dollars, but they have to hold like that money that's just sitting out in the ether during the whole process. It has to be counted as a liability. Like for example, last year or in two thousand nineteen, Walmart had to account for one point nine billion dollars in gift card liability because they're like right, so, yeah, yeah, one point nine billion dollars floating around. But that the assets are still there because the, the cash has been paid. Be. I got you. I see what you're saying. The assets are still theirs, though. Amazon was $2.68 billion. Starbucks was $1.6 billion. Target was $727 million. So you want to take um, down the corporations. What you do is you, you go and spend billions of dollars in gift cards and then sit on them <laughs> for three years. And then right before they expire, you go and spend it all at once. And call I mean, but 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 isn't isn't that just another microcosm of our horrible, disgusting, uh, fractional banking system that we have in general? It's no Pretty different much. than what a bank does. It's no different at all than what a bank does. They learned from the best, Dan. Yes, they did. Anyway, you're right. That's a that's a great take. The uh, the, the gift cards are a fucking scam. They fucking are, guys. If you're listening to this podcast and you're going to give someone a gift, I honestly believe that that's cash. Yeah, I feel like that person isn't going to be like, oh, well, they should have got a gift card. Well, because because what people always say is like, well, if you give him cash, there's no, you know, there's there's no thought behind the gift or whatever. But it's like you could literally just go to like, say, say you were going to get somebody a Starbucks gift card, right? You could literally just be like, well, I know you really like Starbucks. 
here's $50 to send at Starbucks because that's all to spend at Starbucks because that's all you're doing by getting a Starbucks gift card. Exactly. Like, oh, here's 50. Like, I, I almost got you a $50 Starbucks gift card, but instead, then I realized $50 a scam. cash because you could also buy Starbucks and then maybe buy a couple shooters to put in your Starbucks. <laughs> the cash is like, it's so funny because like you, like around the holidays, cash is looked at as like this, this like thoughtless gift, but nobody's ever upset to receive it. Absolutely you ever met anybody not. who was pissed about, pissed about receiving cash for, for a gift for Christmas or their birthday? Uh, no. I mean, it's one, it's one thing if it's like your wife, right. Or your kids, right. Then there's a little more thought that has to go into that gift. But if it's just like a cousin or whatever, it's, I don't, or like an aunt or an uncle or whatever. Like I would, I was never upset when my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents gave me cash as a gift with a car that said, Hey, glad to see you made it another year. Good luck on the next one. Lottery. (laughs) Here's a hundred dollars. Right. I I think besides your wife, you're good because even like my kids, I mean, I walk up, I'm like, my oldest, I'm like, here, here's some money. Is I think it it's gets- also a little awkward to, that, that's a good point because yeah, you, I don't, I don't think even your own kids would be upset about receiving cash, but it's kind no, of, it's a little not. awkward. It's a little awkward to give your parents cash too. I think that one's a little weird. I don't know. That one's kind of awkward. If you're loaded, I, I mean, think you, you know, should be like, take it. I was talking about the amount of money that makes it okay. So what is the amount of money that makes it okay? Does it have to be at least three digits? To give to whom? Your your parents? Yeah. No, it's got to be more. More than three digits? Yeah. Thousands? Like if you win, you know, 10,000 in the lottery and you're not giving them... That's different. We're talking about just Christmas. For Christmas? I love, you this, I love you this many dollars worth. Here's a hundred. If you have an average salary, if you have an average salary, Go you know, you're not going to yourself. But I mean, like, as they put the money in their wallet, it's actual yeah. dad. I don't think, I don't think they'd be mad about like, if you were like, I don't know what to give you. Here's, here's a hundred bucks. Here's 250 bucks. They'd be like, dope. That's three mm. digits. Yeah. But like, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's situational. It's definitely. What did you learn in school this week, Bell? Do you guys know who Herbert Cole is? I know who. No, I know who <laughs> Nat King Cole is. Okay, Herbert Cole. He uh, was he him, him, his brother, and his dad founded Coles. All right. Ah. All right. So this guy just died. And I was like, well, who is this guy? Why is he in the news? Apparently, dude, this guy was a senator in Wisconsin from like 1985. Oh, I knew that. That's the the, the fucking University of Wisconsin's basketball stadium's named after him. It's called the Cole Center. Okay, I know what you're talking about. He he owned the Milwaukee Bucks. He bought them in 1985 for 18 million bucks. In 2014, he sold them for $550 million. Bro, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I have his jersey upstairs. I was gonna say, apparently, this guy. There was no real scandals involving this guy. So, speaking of Wisconsin, I got some Miller lights here. And he was like a super philanthropist. Good. Is dude. that where Is that where Miller Light comes from? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know PBR came from Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. I know old Milwaukee did. No, I knew PBR did. Yeah. That '70s show, dude. You shit yourself. I heard that. I know. I went to hit the mute and it didn't. <laughs> mute Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. 
<laughs> Good God. Corey just unloaded live on the show. I yeah. like it. What can I say? It's it's the last show of the year. Can't hold anything back. Right. Yeah, new year, new me. I'm letting it all out. Yeah. It's my area of grievances. <laughs> it's letting out the demons. <laughs> I got demons inside of me, brother. Does that mean you're pro-life now? He's leaving right. it all in 2023. No, I, have all the demon. demons I have that crotch gallon running around on the floor out there. So, Bell, is what you learned this week in school essentially that like the founder of Kohl's was like a good dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. The guy gave away tons of it's money. An it's an anomaly for but, like someone who's loaded. Dude, yeah, but, but he was a money machine. And he was, I mean, he was a senator and all that. And they elected him for a long time, over two decades. So, I don't know. Dude was know. just a good dude. Rest in peace. He just died. I, so I honestly don't. I don't know enough. I don't know enough about the Cole family to like check your facts. So our listeners might do that. There's probably some shit about him that somebody's gonna pull up. Like there might be if they dig. If they dig, he finger but, banged an elephant when he was in Thailand. Something. It's always something weird. Rich people do like weird shit. <laughs> um, I mean, he might have had a few policies that were like, eh. but he was. Uh, he's. I mean, he's pro-choice. He's a Democrat. Don't forget to spend that Kohl's cash when you get it. Yeah, yeah don't really. don't let that credit card sit by the or that gift card sit by the wayside. Spend if it you day. don't, if you don't, Herbert Cole will haunt you in your sleep. He's right, dude. Cole's cash was just a thing to get wine moms to spend more money because it's like I have, I can save this amount of money. I have to go back to Kohl's in the next two weeks. It's a yeah, pretty what was, brilliant. Whole, what was that whole thing that people been talking about recently, like girl math? Oh yeah, and if if I like, save money, if I if I if I don't if I, is it like if I don't buy something on sale, I lost money. Yeah, or they break <laughs> it down where it's like, and I'm sure that's not just girls that do this. Like it's it's the whole meme is girl math, but like the guy math too. It's where it's like, well, like let me figure this out. Like I don't need this seventy dollar video game, but if I buy it, seventy dollars, that might be one night possibly two nights at dive bars going out and that would end up equaling about $70. But if I buy this game and I play it for the next three months at three or four hours at a time, then I'm actually making money on it than I would be if I was just going out to the bar kind of thing. <laughs> or just like, don't go to the bar as often <laughs> and don't yeah. buy the game. Yeah. Like, you know, but like you understand, like, like it's the, uh, it's the cognitive, it's, Basically making fun of the cognitive dissonance of spending money you shouldn't. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's get into this. Let's get fair, into the meat of Is capitalism fair? Find it's, out next yeah. week on the Absurdive Podcast. Yeah, it's the fairest, fairest system that we have, although there are a lot of kids on college campuses that would still somehow disagree with that. Uh Let's get into the. You, let's do this first. Let's do the mo the most overreported and underreported stories of 2023, Corey. I don't know if you pulled any of these. However, I have a few, and we can just go over mine if you don't have any in front of you. I have ten of them. Holy shit! Okay, I'll start. Uh, let's do let's do most uh, let's do most overcovered because I feel like we're gonna have a little bit more fun with the uh, the most the most undercovered. I only have I only have a couple. Well, I have more, but I just kind of wrote them down in generalities. I'm gonna start with saying anything climate change remarkably overcovered 
in 2023. I mean, it's probably been overcovered for like basically since Al Gore put that stupid fucking movie out. Anything climate change has probably been overcovered, but it's like these stories that like give you these what are supposed to be examples of climate change in action. And it's just like a hurricane hit Mexico for the first time in 80 years or like anything that was like a weather event, just like a weather event. Because if you are not a moron, you realize that random weather events do not equal climate change. Those are not, those are not the things that matter. And we also get to see a lot more of Greta Thunberg's face. And she's getting to the age now where I feel that I can probably make fun of her more. Is she an adult yet? Do we know? Is she's 18, right? I can like actually make fun of her and not get shit on for making fun of a kid. I think so. I felt I think, I think it's allowed. I felt bad for actually, that's not true. I was gonna say I felt bad for her at first. I still kind of feel bad for her because like she's clearly just been used by people in the climate change lobby as like this like face, like this little girl. This how dare you? And so I do kind of feel bad for her, but she it's getting to the point now where it's like she's becoming an adult and she should realize that the shit that she's peddling is mostly bullshit. So anything climate change, most overcovered stories of 2023. So that's interesting you say that because like I would kind of agree, but I would say that what was overreported was like the sensationalized shit and then the well, that's underreported all it is. the underreported stuff is everything to go along with it, right? Like CO2 in the air. Oh, we're putting all these fossil fuels in the air. But what's underreported is like all the science and the technology that is all of these major breakthroughs that are happening that fix the system that we have now versus everything being concentrated on completely flipping the system over. right, Right now, like there's a bunch of news reports coming out about how carbon capture out of exhaust vents and these different plants and stuff can be captured. Like they're coming out with technology that can do this, that could be cost efficient. Things like hydrogen fuel cells that are becoming more and more cost efficient. Desalination of water for different places is becoming more cost efficient. Um, nuclear fission, not nuclear fusion, but nuclear fission of forcing atoms together to create energy. Like I think it was this year we talked about it on the show. I think it was like right around this time last year. It might have been right in like January when like the CERN system and stuff was able to produce more energy with their system than the energy that they put in. There's a lot of positives regarding all of this, but it's all focused on just the two things, wind and sun, and everything is dying. When there's yes. always been cycles. So- if I could piggyback on like the underreported as it, as it pertains to climate change, um, there are more and more scientists. I forgot what their name is. Maybe Bell can find it for us. But scientists, the the, the people that study the the ice core samples, um, there I've I've been seeing more and more testimony from these guys that are suggesting that what we're getting from these ice core samples has been completely misrepresented, which is that. What they're, what they're starting to find is that the CO2 levels are going up at certain areas throughout history, but they're also finding that they're coming five to 800 years after the temperature rose, right. which is fucking interesting, right? It, it, if anything, it kind of suggests that the CO2 levels rise after the, after the temperature goes up. 
which is interesting because like it's funny you mentioned the polls because that's actually on my list of things I've learned. And that like the polls may move way more than initially thought and how we still don't know shit about our own earth. And that like the polls, like we're talking like, was it like hundreds of miles, the poll within like three years. Well, who are the guys yeah. that study the core samples? I'm reading it right now. I just want you to know that I threw the article in the private chat. Oh, okay. He's reading it. Climate you, myths. Huh? Ice ice core show CO2 increases lagging behind temperature rises. So do you think the link global warming? But like the whole climate change argument and like and especially all of the massive pushback against it. I still think that we're going to see a net gain like on in our environment from this because what it ultimately is is it's a push to be more like environmentally like well uh, conscious. I know what you're I know what you're going to say. And and I have I have uh, that it's has always been technology faster than it would be if this sensationalized the sensationalized news articles about it weren't happening to where the people that been... are thinking that 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 they're just uh that they're just not bellwethers, but that they're sensationalizing the issue have to constantly improve their technology and improve their studies to combat it. And whether or not two people are trying to fuck the same coconut from either end, <laughs> if you got more people trying to fuck the same coconut, eventually they're else they're both to be able to stick their tips in. That <laughs> that coconut's gonna be a fucking oily mess. Yeah. By the time by the time all these people get done fucking it. Uh, but no, I mean I've I've always been a I've always been an advocate of like can we stop can we stop sensationalizing that like the planet is going to end in 50 years if we don't do something about the CO2 levels and maybe start focusing on clean water, clean air. Like those right. like, and, 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 like, and if because... you focus on and if you focus on clean air, right? Aren't you ultimately going to pull more CO2 out of the atmosphere just like as part of it? Is that just going to be part of it? If you if you were to do it Absolutely. that way, Absolutely. You're right. And uh what was I going to say when you when uh No, oh, I lost my train of thought there. Well, that's all right. It doesn't what matter. else you got for underreported? Uh Bell's saying that the study he found is from 2007, I think. Is that what I'm reading here, Bell? You can come you can you can hop in here. Yeah, come on in, bud. Yeah, but there's it's all the same. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff saying that they're just like, yeah, these these dudes are right. But I'm trying to find the name of the scientists. I have the name of the scientific journalists who write these articles. But you, you don't, don't. I, you, you're talking about like what's the name of the scientist that studies ice core samples? Is it just these climatologists? Because I don't know. No, these these ones in particular. Oh gotcha. The ones that have these core samples and have that come to these conclusions. There's articles from twenty twenty two that say the same thing. Yeah, but it's funny because like the 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 people that are out there that that want to just basically make this by all the hate. No, 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 no. That that basically want to make the same points that these two scientists are making, and the point that I just made. They like they 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 over sensationalize it in the other direction by like just screaming the word hoax every all over the place and like you you know what that word does to people. It fucking makes them crazy. Like are you? Are you, are you it, it makes them nuts. Like if you, if you, if you accuse somebody of perpetuating a hoax, even, even if that's the case, like I, I don't necessarily, I think it's probably more nuanced than that, but like, even if it is, even if that is the case that like the WEF or whoever is out there, like perpetuating some climate change hoax, we know what that word does. 
it doesn't help the situation. It doesn't help the discourse, and it doesn't. Yeah, help Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And like, like my thing ultimately is, is like I would like to see cleaner water, cleaner air, better care of the environment, stuff like that. And uh, what frustrates me is all of the sensationalized media around it is the doom and gloom that you're talking about. Where we're like, it ultimately just comes down to this trivial word of hoax, where they're either either climate change is a hoax or climate change denialism is a hoax when on the outskirts of all of this sensationalized media that we're seeing in the news and them showing photos of just penguins sitting on small glaciers and stuff like that. There are a million things that are happening that are pushing us towards the trend of being more environmentally conscious. Right. I think that that is the underreported part. Everyone in their vacuums of like uh, news sources, it's either, you know, climate change is a hoax or the world's going to burn down tomorrow when there are a lot of people who are trying to just sustain it and make it work and make it happen. And if you just take a breath and stop following those little vacuums in your, that you're in those little silos that we are approaching a more equilibrium when it comes to being environmentally friendly and also being able to afford all of our cheap consumerist and, and, things. And we, and we continue to get the way we receive our energy, like forget the infrastructure in the United States because it's atrocious, but the actual fuels that we use to receive our electricity are more and more have efficient gotten, almost have every day. cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and cleaner throughout history. That's going to continue to be the case. I mean, even 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 the gasoline that we burn in our cars, Corey, like th- that's supposed to be the thing that's going to end the planet, is so much cleaner today. Like what comes out of our exhausts, our exhausts on our cars today, is so much cleaner than it was twenty, even twenty, definitely thirty and forty years ago. Yeah, just continue. Uh, yeah, to get and better. like, and there was a point on the world where everyone was just burning wood, you know, wood and whale blubber. And then there yeah. was scares on both of those, and realizing that then those there was were coal. Also the environment. And then there was and then we switched to coal, and and then there was you're oil. Seeing on the grand and now there's of, natural gas, which is even yeah. cleaner than that. Yeah, you're seeing us constantly trending towards the less dirty stuff, and that like we just yeah. And why do we do it? And why do we do it? Because it becomes cheaper, and also it's just like nobody wants fucking smog. Like even the most ardent. The most ardent conservative that thinks that uh, climate change is a complete hoax doesn't want to live in a fucking smog filled city. Doesn't want to live in smog. It doesn't want the rivers to catch yeah. on fire like they did in Cleveland in the 70s. Right. So instead of like. No one wants green ooze coming out of the highway. Instead of verbally punching people because they just don't think the exact same way you do, understand that we all want the same things. We all want clean water. We all want clean air. We all, you know, if the planet is warming by our. Um, by the things that we do, we we don't want to do that. We all know this, but it's it's the way it's the way that it's pushed and the way that you're told you're a bad person if you don't believe this exact thing. I right also think there's the a weird. I also think there is a weird like human exceptionalism that like we just think we're the most important thing on earth that we are the sole proprietors of the climate changing. Oh yeah, how how arrogant, right? How how it absolutely arrogant. arrogant. I mean, it's it's so. Have you seen some of these videos of these uh, these people going around to like college campuses and being like, "Hey, what percentage of the atmosphere is CO two?" Like these like these people that are supposedly climate change activists. 
It's like I don't, I don't remember, isn't it? I don't. It's not even close to that. Okay, because I know most of our atmosphere is actually nitrogen. It's zero point four percent, I believe, is the number that I saw. It's zero point four percent, and then how much of that zero point four percent is? I could be wrong, but it's close to that because I don't have it in front of me. Hey, Bell, look up how much of the atmosphere is CO two. Maybe maybe Bell can find it for us. And then of that of that zero point four percent, humans create like zero point three percent of that zero point four percent. The rest of it comes from uh, eruptions, volcano eruptions, and wildfires and solar flares. The the fact that we think I don't know if we actually get CO two from solar flares. That might have just been bullshit. I was propagandizing. I was right. Bell says I was right. It's zero point four percent of the atmosphere is 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 CO two, and then humans create zero four point zero four. Yep, point zero four, and humans create a an an astronomically small percentage of that zero point four percent. Anyway, we 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 can argue about climate change till we're blue in the face. But I got another. Yeah, no one's Um, arguing. For over over covered stories of 2023, uh, anything pointing out how dangerous Vladimir Putin is? It's just completely, uh, utterly, unbelievably over 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 reported story that has essentially gone away because now we have a new war to worry about. It's a new way for Raytheon and Lockheed Martin and the industrial the uh, military industrial complex to make money. So we don't really we don't actually care how quote unquote dangerous. Vladimir Putin is as we approach 2024, but that might have been the one of the that might have been the most overreported thing that I saw all of 2023. And I I can already hear it. I, I must be a Putin apologist because I because I don't think he's dangerous. Um, I don't think he's dangerous. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I don't think he's I don't no think more dangerous Putin, than any other country that has nuclear weapons. I'll put it he like took that. the words right out of my mouth, Corey. And he's certainly no more dangerous than uh, these uh, these cr- this Cracker Jack crew we got in D.C. as far as the globe is concerned. So or President Xi or India, who also has nuclear weapons, who's like always in skirmishes with China or North Korea, who has nuclear weapons, or Iran, who let's let's be honest, they probably have some, like, yeah. But don't you love that though? Don't you love how like Putin was on the verge of like invading Poland like eight months ago, and now it's just now it's just all right, we're just going to end the war now because we have a new war that we can make money off of down here. Uh, in the Middle East, and and we all know that when it comes to war, the Middle East—that's the money maker, kids. Don't I ever wish forget you would have invaded Poland. This would all this would be over. It would have ended a year ago if he actually tried to invade um, Poland. Yeah, a hundred percent. They've been they've been giving the Ukraine so many. They gave him so many jets and everything. They're like, listen, if we can't fuck them up, we're gonna let you fuck them up. The only thing that hasn't okay. let Poland invade is NATO. Yep, they've been chomping at the bit for 50, 60, 70 years to go in there and smack them Russians around. Well, I don't know if it was that long, yeah. but it was as soon as the because Poland was a part of. Uh, the Soviet Union until it collapsed in the nineties. They were right? called Prussians. Those were yeah. Prussian people. But they wanted a piece of that ass <laughs> oh, <laughs> all that yeah. time too. They yeah. Sure did. They do well, still. I mean, we all probably would have been blown up. Like that's the thing, is like what makes you think what 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 I was always saying is like, what makes you think Vladimir Putin wants nuclear war any more than the United States does? 
or or anybody right. else around the globe. Nobody wanted it. Like everybody was like, well, I don't know, mutually assured destruction. That might not be a that might not be a thing we can count on anymore. And it's like, no, I think I think in a lot of ways it kind of is. Like we we all know that that's still that's such thing. an ominous saying, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like honestly, that is probably like almost the best nuclear policy you could have. Like, and like I guess the way I I guess the way I would end this point is that like, do I think Vladimir Putin's a piece of shit? Of course I do. Do I think he's any more of a piece of shit than any bureaucrat that we have in DC or the UK or Canada or Israel or anywhere else that is dominating the globe or any of the fucking dickheads? at the world economic forum or bill gates no i don't think he's any worse than any of those fucking people and so the only thing that makes him a little bit worse is that if somebody's gonna blow me up it's gonna be him but you know what that's not enough for me sorry right any story any story reporting how dangerous vladimir putin was is my is my second um most overcovered story of 2020 2023 Corey, why don't you give us a couple um, let me check. I don't know if I wrote oh, I any. I have a bunch of underreported stuff. You don't have any overreported? We can move on. Uh, um, let me think. Um, who do we have? We had George Santos was reported on a lot. Um, just, just Trump. <laughs> Wait, he yeah, was actually as, as far, actually as far as Trump goes, he was actually kind of underreported this year. He, he he did a better job of actually staying out of the media than he ever has essentially since 2016. I think this year. Yeah, Israel kind of took everything in a vacuum in my mind right now as I'm thinking of the stuff that would have been overreported. Overreported might as far as regards to Israel might be uh how uh, how bad um pro-Palestinian protesters actually are. They're morons, most of them. Most of the pro-Palestinian protesters, especially the ones on college campuses are morons. Um the whole but, either side ism of the culture wars, that was definitely something overreported because it just means that we had nothing better to do. Yeah. What do you got for underreported? Why don't you start us off there for most okay. underreported stories of 2023? I was cruising around on the interwebs of things to try to find some stuff. And uh, speaking of climate change, one thing that was underreported this year is the fossil fuel industry is subsidized at a rate of $11 million per minute. $11 million per minute. Yeah, globally, the fossil fuel industry receives subsidies of $11 million per minute, primarily from a lack of liability for the externalized health costs of deadly air pollution, damages caused by extreme weather events, and costs from traffic collisions and congestion. And two-thirds of those subsidies come from just five countries, the U.S., Russia, India, China, and Japan. Um, apparently, uh, wage theft. U.S. businesses suffer few consequences for minimum wage violations, which is something that I think is pretty interesting. I th- But how much of that has to do with the fact that they're paying illegal immigrants cash because nobody wants to do the job? I don't know, but in, two, in 2017, the FBI reported the cost of street crime at about $13.8 The same year that the Economic Policy Institute released a study saying that one form of wage theft, minimum wage violations, cost U.S. workers even more, estimated at $15 billion annually, impacting oh. an estimated 17% of low-wage workers. Well, so here's my, here's my confusion there. Like, <clears throat> How does somebody not know what minimum wage is? In, in both federally and in their state. 
Well, it's not necessarily that. It's just probably just paying people cash under the table. Okay, fair enough. But then that, but that money is also not taxed. So no wonder the FBI is sitting there investigating, right? So is it really exactly. wage theft? In January 2019, or the, this is the EPA withheld reports on dangerous chemicals. In January 2019, the Environmental Protection Agency stopped releasing legally required disclosures about chemicals that present a substantial risk to, of injury to health and the environment. They had previously been posting in a searchable public database called ChemView. Public database called ChemView. In November of 2021, as part of the Intercept's EPA exposed investigative series, Sharon Lerner reported the EPA had received at least 1,240 substantial risk reports since January 2019, but only one was publicly available. The suppressed reports documented the risk of chemicals, serious harms, including air corrosion, damage to the brain and nervous system, and chronic toxicity to honeybees and cancer in both people and animals. Number four. At least 128 members of of Congress invested in the fossil fuel industry. I don't even need to read it; just the headlines, good enough. Then maybe that's why that one's so underreported because it's just so not surprising, right? <laughs> Dark money interference in U.S. politics undermines democracy. The same group of conservative dark money organizations that opposed Biden's Supreme Court nomination, Judicial Crisis Network, JCN, the 85 Fund and their affiliated groups also funded entities that played a role in the January 6th insurrection. Oh, it's apparently it's it's about that, but it's an insurrection. Yeah, it's feeding into the insurrection thing, but basically, let's just keep it on the keep it on the headline because I think that's important. There's so much goddamn dark money that is being spent. Because what people will do is they'll just make fake organizations and then dump the money into the organization, not give it to a campaign like candidate themselves. But what they'll do is they'll dump millions of dollars into a corporation, which would be like a nonprofit half the time, who would in turn and make a shit ton of advertisements and pamphlets and things they send out as... Uh, working for one side or the other to just dog the other side about how shitty they are or how good the other person is. And it's money that's circumventing like actual, like the limits on campaign contributions. So, so if I can compare that to something, it's, it's kind of like the political version of what Purdue pharma did with Oxycontin where they would basically start these like, the American Pain Association, or they would start yeah. all these little these little groups that would say, "Hey, OxyContin is less addictive as an opioid than any of the other opioids. It's great." And then they would be like, "Hey, what's your pain tolerance on the little chart?" And, and doctors would just be like, prescribing it all over the place. Like that's right. that. It's so like they basically took they took the playbook from Purdue Pharma. <laughs> Pretty much. So, like, let's say you're running for president, Dan. As an individual, I think I can only give you fifteen hundred, uh, either fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred dollars, like as a personal contribution to your campaign. You don't have that uh, that's much money. The, that's the cap. But I could give ten times that amount to an organization that I create myself, and it could be Fathers Against the Two Party System. What would that? What would Fats? <laughs> <laughs> I give twenty five thousand to Fats, 
And then they use that money to create ads to just disparage your campaign adversary. Yeah, super PACs. That's what a super PAC is. It's just circumventing the system that like you that not everyone gets is able to do. It's just like you know, like you have to like have these connections and the know how to make these groups that you could just funnel millions of dollars towards campaigns. God bless Citizens United. Uh, corporate consolidation is causing record inflation and in food prices. Corporation consolidation is the main driver of record inflation and in food prices, as Huff and Roth write in Project Censored State of the Free Press 2023. The establishment press has covered the current wave of inflation exhaustively, but only rarely discussed the market power of giant firms as a possible cause, and then usually only and then usually only to reject it, as they did when the Biden administration cited meat industry consolidation as a cause of price increases in September 2021. I was gonna say, are you doing the Robert Reich thing? Are you doing the the corporations, greedy corporations, corporate greed is responsible for inflation? <clears throat> so I'm not gonna sensationalize it and say that's they're the sole proprietor of the inflation, but they definitely play their hand in it. But like no well, one yeah, really but- talked about it as much. Cause like <clears throat> but this isn't about like greedy corporations necessarily. It's about the consolidation of the of the different food industries. Which comes through, which comes through, capture of the federal government, which puts in protectionist policies, which protect these corporations, which allows them to merge. Yeah, crony capitalism essentially. Oh, and then Cronyism. we forgot that, I shouldn't uh, say crony capitalism. One thing that wasn't really talked about much is the idea that the CIA discussed plans to kidnap or kill Julian Assange. Oh yeah, we were going to talk about that. See, even we underreported it. <laughs> That's all I really got right now. The only other the only other addition I had to stories that were underreported for 2023 was like how how many places how many places places God I can't speak did you see the likely truth behind the Nord Stream pipeline Oh that one is a good one <laughs> Where or, was that ever reported And then uh, underreported the just all of the mass surveillance that's succumbing due to uh covid and all the policies and everything put in place and fisa and all these different things like we're literally watching our privacy rights be scooped away and no one's really talking about it well yeah they don't want you talking about it which they, is funny I don't know who they are Corey, but they don't want you talking about it because if you like i have my 2023 predictions written down and one of my 2023 prescript, uh, predictions was more COVID-era policies used to spy on U.S. citizens. I hope you're really, I really hope you're wrong about that one. Yeah, but we're not. We know we're not. Uh, we got to get into our review of our 2023 predictions. I will go ahead and start because I nailed mine. My big one for 2023 was that we know. would see the beginning of the end of wokeness i don't like using that word anymore it's actually kind of antiquated and it's become antiquated in, in throughout uh 2023 it became um, antiquated so fast yeah i know and which is great it's it should be antiquated it's a stupid fucking word it's it's divisive it doesn't mean anything anyway um uh, but i think everybody knows what i mean when i say uh that i predicted uh at the end of 2022 that during 2023 we would see the beginning of the end of wokeness i think we've definitely seen that and i've got so many things to point that out uh the first being something that just happened 
uh, last was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. All my days are running together around the holidays. But um, with all these Ivy League presidents stepping down for not denouncing fucking genocide, Corey, not just denouncing genocide in front of Congress. Feel however you want to feel about Israel Gaza. Okay, feel <laughs> however you want to feel. But when you're asked a question whether or not calling for genocide of Jews and you are a fucking university president and you can't say that Articulate that's not harassment. the word to say that that's harassment without like... And, and, and you go like, it depends. It might not violate our harassment policy if it's done in the right context. And it's like, ma'am, calling for the genocide of Jews is not harassment? Right, because it's, it's what frustrates me about that the most is like, if they would have stuck with that policy, like when they like expose themselves and look like pieces of shit by saying, well, when it's the Jews, it's okay. It's about the context. Yeah. But 10 years ago, whenever, when all of this cockamamie shit on these campuses started, if these presidents then would have stood up and went, well, it depends on the context and then whether or not it's actionable and things Peace like that, they wouldn't be facing the problems they're fucking facing today. No, they're afraid of the mob. They're afraid of the mob and like you're like, they're afraid of the mob seeing, because they we, know that we, each one of those people in the mob is giving them a quarter million dollars. When you see it's not about any heads, sort of virtue signaling. It's about them losing out on their revenue stream. I think I think when you see the um, when you see the heads of these institutions crumbling under a basic question with a very basic answer and only really one right answer uh, from a moral perspective, you're, I don't see how you could possibly say that that's not the beginning of the end of the, of wokeness because their ideology is crumbling before their feet. And well, yeah, the because issue. there was, because, well, it's because the ideology was based on grifting. They stuck with all of the no, students that's not even it that's not even no, it no, that's then, not even let me it finish real quick listen go ahead uh when all of this shit first started start started happening with safe spaces and all of these things these colleges who didn't stand at any sort of principle or any sort of pedestal of what was right and what's wrong were only chasing the almighty dollar that these students were giving them it was easy for them to say oh yeah microaggressions are bad safe spaces this and that right they're okay. able yeah, to that do that while well, they were pulling in the money. And that's when it all started. Well, now it got flipped on its head. And those same kids who are talking about safe spaces and microaggressions and hate speech and all of this stuff are now all of a sudden moving the goalpost and saying that we should be able to say these things about the genocide of Israelites and stuff like that to where if it was any other group back when these kids first started saying these things, if the colleges themselves at that point, said just as simple as well it depends on the context it depends on this but they didn't because they had no principles it was just about collecting two hundred fifty thousand dollars from each one of these students to where now those students changed their narrative and these colleges were stuck holding the bag with these shitty policies they put in place because they were holding that bag to take the money from these kids now they're the ones that are stuck all fucked up because of the fact that the shitty policies they put in place chasing the almighty dollar is coming back to bite them in the ass. I think you got a good chunk of it, but I think you're missing one big part. And that is 
everything that you just said, coupled with the identitarianism that goes that that goes on throughout college campuses, when you have a situation where you have um, a certain group or multi a multitude of groups in a in a a cultural hierarchy over another based on the color of their skin or the or based on their religion, it is always going to come back to bite you in the ass. And that is what this is, because now when what you know, when we're talking about like, you know, whether or not you have white privilege or, you know, you're you're underprivileged based on the color of your skin or your religion, that wasn't that hard for them to parse out because they could point to history and be like, so you see, look at all these bad things that happen to these people of color throughout history. And you could kind of look at that and go, mm, I think that's bullshit, but I can't really prove it because you have a, a I wouldn't even say a good point, but a, but a, but a, a point with some with with like a solid structure to stand on. And then the Jews come along. Right. Well, that's that kind of goes. That to what I was saying. is what and and that and and then and the Jews coming along and the Jews, quote unquote, being the bad guys, right? To them in this situation. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? Right. But if it was based on straight identity type shit, right? <clears throat> well, now the Jews are the ones that are the oppressed, not the oppressors. They immediately would have been would have, and according if it was like strictly based on identitism and identity type shit, the the tables would have shifted a lot easier to all of a sudden taking care of these oppressed people. But because there was no principle about the identities and the the uh, the identity politics involved in what the colleges actually believed in the first place, and it was based on the money grab that they didn't follow their principles when that different sect of individuals was being prejudiced against. They continued to follow the money and they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar because they continued to follow the money, but the narrative changed, but they still followed the money. And that's why they couldn't say that saying genocide was bad because the ones that were giving them the money were the ones that were saying that about different things. But then all of a sudden that group changed their narrative but the college was scrambling just to follow behind in this lag recognition of just following the money. That's why I was saying it was, it was it, if, it, if the identity politics was principled, where there are people who are very principled in identity politics, they wouldn't change on that exchange of the narrative. But because they're just following the money, they quickly changed their principles to follow the money. And that, uh, that's when like all, all the other people who weren't keeping up were like, whoa, hold on. What the fuck? <laughs> you just said that genocide is based on context? This bear, this horrible thing, you know, again, like we, we've spent enough time on Israel-Gaza. We're not they were do principled that. based on the identity politics that have been like, oh, yeah, absolutely. This is wrong. What's happened to them just like it would have been any other sect, creed, religion, race, anything else. Yeah. Well, that's what is that's the problem when your system is based on identitarianism in the first place it's always going to come back to bite but when it's ass. when it's when it's uh faux identitarianism that's yeah. protecting their bottom line and like yeah and we've spent enough time on israel gaza we're not going to talk about it tonight um you can go back and listen to some of our apparently shows. israel is not killing people now just straight up execution style and stuff. I'm so. sure we'll get into plenty of that stuff uh, in 2024. We'll talk about uh, that yeah, but year. but at the but at the end of the day, right? It's like that is like my first. Okay, this is the beginning of the end of wokeness because they're 
their own policies and their own identitarian politics and their own, you know, as you said, Corey, following following the money that identitarian politics brings yeah, no, in. Yeah, no, and I'm, so let me let me the beginning of the I'm end not, of wokeness. I'm not disagreeing with you. They're all being exposed because they're using wokeness and identity politics to shroud the idea of a cash grab. Look what happened to Bud Light. Right. We're, I we're, guess we're the next agreeing. thing would be. I just think I'm looking at it like one layer deeper. It's all about the money. That is that makes the identity politics that everyone is like standing on this pedestal with is tainted and in I'm, the first place because it's just about the money. I'm looking at it more from a perspective of like when you base your pol when you base your school policy off of a hierarchy based on race, religion, or creed. At some point, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass, especially when all that hierarchy is based on money. Yeah, even if even if it's the bad white people that you know. Um, are the ones that that take the beating for the longest time. At some point, what do you do about it? It's like, what do you do about the Jews? We didn't get this far. Oh, we didn't think about again. We, we forgot about the Jews again. Uh, anyway, uh, the let's see, what was the other one? I, oh, the other one I had for this being the beginning of the end of wokeness. Um, this is just a really simple one. We don't have to talk about it, but like the inability to cancel J.K. Rowling. You remember the podcast from earlier this JK year, like, Rowling or Jordan, Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson well, or anyone well, virtually who has actually been canceled. No, but those were those were from a while ago. And I am actually glad you brought up that point because like somebody like Jordan Peterson wasn't big enough to necessarily say, oh, wow, he might never he might never make it back. But they all keep finding their niches within this. And, and I'll openly admit it like this little this more culturally conservative space, which Jordan Peterson is a cultural conservative anyway, so that's not a huge surprise. Um, and, and so like, the, and, and the other thing I was going to bring up with that is like, you see all of these people that were, you know, canceled for dirty, horrible things that they said, kind of making comebacks, especially now that you have Alex Jones back on, uh, back, back on, on Twitter. Twitter. What's funny. What's, what's interesting about Alex Jones too, within that is like, was he ever like really accused of like being a racist person? Was it was is, no, was that ever part of ever one? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean I I have a lot of like feelings about Alex Jones that are make me a little queasy, but like him being a racist, I don't think has really ever been one of those things. Yeah, has it been he a thing for a lot you? Of shit about innocent children being killed and calling them actors, yeah. but at least yeah. he wasn't racist. Crisis actors. Yeah, yeah. Well, but at least that means he should no, be. A, he should was be a, a racist. Hmm. So that was and then one. he had and then, Blair and then, White on the show, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, beautiful woman." <laughs> he, wanted, <laughs> he wanted to bang Blair White. Um, and the last thing I had that, that wasn't a twenty twenty three prediction for me that he was going to have Blair White on his show. No, that he wanted to bang Blair White. Mm. It can't be proven, but I see what you're saying. It's pretty clear. Uh, the last thing that I had that I think proves my twenty twenty three prediction of the beginning of end of wokeness coming true is that we see more, I'm going to put air quotes on this, controversial uh, media people going independent and doing very, very well. You have Matt Taibbi with half a million sub subscribers just on Substack. That's just Substack. That doesn't include Twitter. That doesn't include anything else. You have, you have Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News because he was the only guy 
anywhere in cable media. And believe me, I have my issues with Tucker. If you want to talk about it, folks, we can talk about it. Send us an email. Um, I have my issues with him. However, I think he was the only person in mainstream media that was that would even ever come close to really pushing that envelope to a degree that it should probably be pushed. And then my last example, of course, is Barry Weiss with 283,000 subscribers on Substack alone. And she so far has been the only person to be able to kind of take the Substack model and like businessify it. Um, she's got multiple writers working for her at this point, or at least the, her, her publication, the free press does. And I know I said some mean things about Barry a few weeks back because she made me mad about the Israel stuff. I disagree with her there, but ultimately, uh, I still have, uh, an absolutely professional and maybe more than professional crush on Barry Weiss. I understand she's a lesbian. It's okay. You ain't got a um, shot in the hell. Nah, I got no shot. Nelly, Nelly's great. Nelly Bowles is great. So I'm, I'm happy for the two of them. I'm married too. So it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, so like it's, it's these, these, these former um, mainstream media people or corporate media folks that are taking themselves independent and doing well. And the reason that they're taking themselves independent for the most part, I guess Tucker would be the exception of the three examples that I gave, but they're because they were they were attempted to be canceled because of culture war woke bullshit. That's what Taibi was canceled for. That's certainly what Barry Weiss was attempted to be canceled for. To where she left the New York Times and has done a really great job. So I feel like my 2023 prediction came true. We we did see the beginning of end beginning of the end of wokeness in 2023. I nailed so it. I, so mine are a little bit more skewed. When it came to presidential runs, if you remember, I was sure that DeSantis and Whitmer were both going to be running for president. I was only 50% correct on that one. Uh, I got written down inflation stems. We did see inflation start to come down, which is kind of like an easy just swing at the bat for that one. But it didn't really come down because that would mean a deflation. It's still it's still up from yeah. It's but like it's not just rampant like it was a year ago. Instead of instead of seven instead of seven of our dollars being stolen by the devaluation of the dollar this year was only three. You are correct. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Gas prices trending downwards. I called that one, and it looks like it's continue to happen as we're focusing on Venezuela. We talked about that last week. Uh, and then I wrote down Ukraine, China, Iran, which I'm not exactly sure what I meant with that. I'm assuming that I thought that Ukraine was going to peter out. I'm hoping that's what I meant because it looks like that's what's happening. <laughs> you don't even assuming. know what your prediction was. And then I have China and Iran and they're still in the news. So I said something about them, but the Iran one, I'm assuming that like we were getting closer to a war with them. Oh yeah, that that you know what you may you might have been a year too far ahead on that one, Corey. That might have been the issue. Yeah, you want to extend that one? You want to extend that one to twenty twenty four? Yeah, it might have been. It might have been too clairvoyant on that one. Huh? Um, skeletons in social media platforms. That was about like ghost tweets and stuff like that. Go fuck yourself. And I was assuming that more of those would be popping up. I'm guessing, or maybe people would be realizing that skeleton tweets just really don't mean shit because people grow up. Well, wasn't that before Elon technically bought Twitter? 
That might have been, yeah. Because when did Elon buy Twitter? Hey, Bell. Oh, when did Elon buy Twitter? When did Elon it, buy Twitter? It was like February of this year, maybe. I don't know. It was this year, the one, though, wasn't it? And then the one that I nailed was more COVID-era policies used to spy on citizens. That was that was your prediction for 2023? Yeah. April 2022. Oh, okay. So he are, he did already own it. Or, but, but was it not? Maybe it wasn't through yet. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Concluded in, really- in October. Of twenty twenty. Well, if we, if we yeah, okay, fair if, enough. So he had he he had bought he hadn't really done his like mass takeover yet when you made that prediction. It, he was about to do that. <sighs> All right. Anyway, so you were. We'll call you. We'll just we'll go ahead and call you sixty three percent right on your prediction for twenty twenty three. We'll go ahead and call me ninety five. I think ninety five percent is fair. <sighs> yeah, I guess. I only made one one big prediction though, Corey. Uh, well, I'm going to take a leak. Dude, go ahead and I, give Bell. Oh my God, I was just about to do the same thing. Go ahead and give. Go ahead and give Bell and I your prediction for 2024. I'll be listening because I can. I can actually still hear you while I'm doing it, so I'll be able to hear what you say, and then right. I'll do it, and you take a leak. All right. I love how we do this show. This is great. I need to I'm get a she we and just piss right here, and then be like, "Oh, guys, don't mind me. It's into a battle." So, hey, Bell, I'm going to bring you in here. So my predictions for 2024 are, is the continued, not necessarily collapse, but the lack of support for the two-party system that we have in our country. I think that inflation will continue to slide. And then one of my predictions is the culture wars will continue to fizzle, then possibly ignite a bit when the elections heat up. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as 2020 or 2016, since no one is that passionate about the current candidates. That's fair. And so those are my predictions, because I feel like like 2020, a lot of people are still on that Trump train. 2016. It just seems like it was the first year where it just everybody was on social media. So like it seemed like super heated. Everyone was figuring out how to like have conversations about politics because we've always been told not to do it. And then everyone decided to do it all at once. And so it was an absolute shit show and a cesspool. I'm back. He's back. I heard all and that. And then I think 2020, 2020 was still pretty heated, but I just feel like 2020 wasn't nearly as heated as the 2016 elections online when it came to the election process. And that uh, I don't think that this year is going to be nearly as bad as either of those because deep down, no one wants either of them. Did you hear the update from the uh, the CTIL files that uh, the uh, uh, COVID style surveillance stuff? Uh, basically started in 2016 after Trump and Brexit because the establishment had they felt the 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 establishment had felt like it had completely lost control. <laughs> good. good thing, bad thing. I think it's probably a good thing. All right, Corey, you can go take a leak. I'm going to give you permission to do that. Oh, while, you do that <clears throat> while you do that, while you do that, God, if I can get my my shit together here, I will go ahead and give my predictions uh, for 2024. And then we can discuss them when you come back. He's still here. I don't know why he's still here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, my, my first my first prediction is going to have a little bit of a caveat to it because there is another thing that's going to have to happen for this to, co- for this to come true. And I don't know if this is going to happen. 
I can can we I can hear myself because Corey left his headphones right next to the microphone. Isn't that fantastic? Anyway, oh my it's not you, it's Corey. Uh anyway, I gotta just back away from the mic a little bit. Uh my first prediction is that RFK Jr. will pull close to twenty percent of the national vote in twenty twenty four. But the only way that's going to happen is if he's able to get the ballot access. That's the issue. Is he going to be able to get ballot access in all 50 states? If he can do I that, I do I do as well, because I would love to see the chaos of yes. watching this man pull. I'm going to I'm going to say he's going to pull sometime somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of the national vote, which is huge for an independent. Who do you think that damages um, more? I think overall it probably damages Trump more, but I think sure. you're probably, I think you're probably um, out of your mind. If you don't think it damages Biden, I really think he would pull, he would pull, he would pull voters from both sides. I think he's going to pull slightly more Trump voters, but not, probably. not anything crazy. Um, and then um, I guess the other half of my prediction to that is going to be that he RFK jr. Will absolutely be, a pariah to whichever side loses that election. I can already see social media and all of the Trump supporters. If Trump happens to lose, go, it's all you RFK people. You made us lose. <laughs> and same, same if Biden did it, they're going to want to put fucking RFK voters in prison. Yep. <laughs> we need to jail all these motherfuckers for voting for the wrong person. Uh, it's good. It's almost as bad as as voting third party at that point. I guess it. Te- I guess technically at that point it was. Were you sorry about while the you were Taking a leak. Yeah, it you was. were listening while you're taking a leak. Uh, how do you feel about my first prediction, Corey? Oh, that that uh, what's his face? Old RFK, RFK Junior is going to be the, <laughs> the spoiler. Mm. Not just that. He's gonna. I think he's gonna pull between fifteen and 20 percent of the national vote. If he gets the ballot access, he has to get the ballot access, though. That's the only question mark that's still left. And then if he does, he is going to be the biggest political pariah from whatever side loses that we have ever seen. Oh, yeah. He's going to be used as a scapegoat for whatever side loses instead of them going, oh, you know, he might have picked a bad candidate in a weird way. And and I hope this doesn't happen because I still hope we live in a constitutional republic that uses the democratic process. Uh, it, it almost seems like it would be a way if, if RFK gives Trump the victory, right. Or is perceived to have given Trump the victory. It almost seems like a way that the establishment would use to try and limit ballot access even further as we go forward, which would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. It would be awful. We need more, not less. I That was actually something that just came to my came to my mind what do you think about that Corey? do you could oh. you see that being the case yeah you see, yeah, like, you see what happens when we let these independents into these races the wrong guy wins yeah the two well so the only way i see it's it's weird right like if it's like a crazy landslide to where like the one party sees it was clear an advantage to them there's no you way they're gonna not gonna happen you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> right, but if Trump wins because RFK took more votes from Biden, 
they're not going to make legislation to help the Democrats in that scenario. They won't spin it that way, though. They'll spin it that it, he took more, more more votes from from uh, yeah from Biden. That's what you said, right? Yeah, that is the way they'll spin it. Okay, you had the it Democrats right. will try to be pushing legislation to make it change. But like it's weird because like at the top that shit will be happening, but at the bottom we're so fed up that we're pushing things like ranked choice voting through in different states and stuff like that. Yeah, you mean shit that matters. Yeah. Um my next this is pretty simple. My next prediction is that Donald Trump is gonna win the twenty twenty four presidency. Just just I have no real thing other than I've already mentally prepared like, myself for that one, Dan. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's a, that's a, that's a uh, that's an easy swing right there. Yeah, you you bet you better start preparing yourself now because it's just looking looking like it's going to be the case unless unless I've been unless for well, that one since like summer. So, dude, honestly, it's it sounds fucked up. I keep asking my friend, my my liberal friends. I love asking my liberal friends. So, uh, you ready for uh, Trump twenty twenty four? And what do they say? How do they respond to it? That's not going to happen. <coughs> yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Hopefully He's going to be, be in prison. Jail. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and so that's, that is like, it's so fucked up because it's as unfit as I think he is to serve. As, as much as I would rather have a, get a fucking double-fisted hand job from a lobster than see another goddamn Trump presidency, in a weird way, you kind of have to root for him because you, you have this situation where you are legitimately seeing the establishment usurp democracy in an effort to save democracy. And it's, it's almost in, in, in a strange way, Trump is almost like a savior of democracy in that way. Didn't think I'd be saying that in 2015. Right. You, you get what I'm saying? Don't you? I'm just, I'm just picturing double fisted hand jobs from lobsters. Yeah. Don't, you don't want one. It's probably not good. It's probably not uh, good. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I hate it. I hate that I'm here right now. I hate that I'm here hate, saying that, like, given the circumstance, given the circumstances, if I'm rooting for any outcome, it's it's another Trump presidency. I yeah, can't not believe that. Ad jobs from lobsters. From lobsters. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure. I'll go pick some up from the local seafood joint. I'll bring them over. I'll take the rubber bands off. Uh, you no, Dan, you like. piece of shit. My wife is allergic to shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring lobsters in my house. I think can she not see them? Does that give her a reaction? She's probably like, oh whoa, keep those away from me. You just have to wash your schlong it's afterwards season. before she puts her mouth on it. Uh anyway. <laughs> <coughs> After yeah, Bell Bell looks confused. After the double fisted hand job. Um yeah. Not so <laughs> I also not confused, appalled. My other my other predictions are this. Uh, Nikki Haley's political career will be over following this uh, uh, Republican primary, and she will oh, probably go God. to work. She will go to work for Lockheed Martin or Raytheon. Following oh, that, I'm sure. I'm sure she's already got a job lined up. Um, the CTIL files will begin the process of bringing "quote unquote" fence sitters over to the "quote unquote" Great Awakening. I think that's. I think this the CTIL files are going to be um, a big thing. Like, are you going to get? the Hannity, Rachel Maddow watchers on board. No, you're not going to get those people on board. No, but, but the people get the that talker. are, 
You'll get the Matei. You'll get the Michael yeah, Schumacher. You'll get those. Right you'll get, you'll the get those. Mate, you'll get the. Uh, uh, what's his fucking name? From the intercept. Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald. Well, he's formerly of the intercept, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the CTL files are going to be a big deal because the, the CTIL files have already shown us that um the powers certain powers have been 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 planning a sort of censorship uh I, I guess you'd call it a censorship quasi-state essentially since 2016. Essentially since Trump was elected. Um, because Trump was the anti-establishment person, Brexit happened, which is also the anti-establishment uh, decision in the UK, and uh, the people with lots of power didn't like that shit. So here we are, and we're seeing more and more of that come out from uh, Michael Schellenberger doing God's work uh, over there at Public um, and working with uh, Matt Taibbi at Racket. So that's great. Um, and then my last prediction for 2024 is that uh, this this is this one's going to come to fruition pretty fast. Uh, the this little this Epstein list that's supposed to come out uh, early 2024 is going to nothing's going to come of it. Fucking nothing, absolutely nothing. I think I think I just threw that one in there to have a sure thing. <laughs> yeah, because sure there's going to be sure nothing bet. on that. Absolutely nothing on. I was I was actually confident at at first when I first read the headline and first read the the kind of the first bit of the story that was coming out, and then more and more I look into this, I'm like, now it's just going to be a bunch of associates because that's what it says associates um maybe some victims listed on there or people we already know about there's not going to be shit on there and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be expected to just take that for what it is and we're not going to because i want prince andrew to get a hand job from a lobster <laughs> is that is that a, a thing they do at uh epstein island I don't know, but it that lobster better be under the age of like. I'm sure 14. if you paid enough money, you could fuck a lobster on Epstein Island, bro. <laughs> but would you want to? If you had enough, uh, I don't want to. Money, Some weird guys out there. Guys, that would be a funny. That would be a funny segment of there. which animals. So what? So for for when it looks like a dick, it's phallic. When it looks like a vagina, what's that called? There's a word for it. It's a good question. I don't know. Uh, there's a <laughs> word for it, <clears throat> but uh, that's a segment right there of how. Oh man, how do you look that up, Bell? Look up what's the female version of. <laughs> I'm Fenway. already on it, dude. Do it. Look it up. There's a He's word. He's all for over it. Because now I gotta know. Yeah. Because that anyway. could be a segment. Whoa. This object that is sorry. What is it, Bell? An object that looks like a vagina. Uh <laughs> he's, having, he's having trouble pronouncing it. Volvic? Uh, Yannick. There's I gotta Google these words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll worry about this in twenty twenty four. No, it's Yannick. Y N O or Y O N I C. A Yannick symbol is a sexualized representation of femininity and reproductive power. It's just vagina shaped things. <laughs> or Pindika. <coughs> yeah, Yannick. It's more of a religious thing, but uh, yeah, Yannick. But yeah, hey, sometimes you, you, guys. you see a Yannick thing in nature and you're like, yeah, I'd fuck that, brother. Uh, uh, how many times 
You look at all those trees that have straight up gashes in them on the disc golf course. <laughs> yeah, but they're also turned sideways. And then you just lay sideways. Or <laughs> knock that tree down, brother. Give me that Yannick tree. Oh my Yannick god, we have to end it. this show. We have to end it. Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, anyway, uh, go we'll fuck yourself. On all social media and podcast platforms, our website is absurdofshow.com. We can be found at Absurdive on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Absurdive Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Absurdive Podcast, and you can reach out directly. At Eh, it doesn't matter. The people that matter hurt him. It doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, anyway, look out for that new New Year, new me bullshit from the Podcast in 2024. And for Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos, he as always has been Corey Walsh. He's been Dan Griffin. It's been Libservative. Till next time, we are out of here. Hey. We the people cannot turn back.